And I pray that today I could, in a sense, be a conduit of gratitude from those that you're supporting. You know, Paul, he, he was a missionary. He went out. He delivered the gospel to people far and wide, many who'd never heard the gospel before. And in Philippians 4, he expresses his gratitude to his supporters. He says this, You Philippians well know, and you can be sure, I'll never forget it, that when I was first left Macedonia province, venturing out with the message, not one church helped out in the give and take of this, this work, except you. You were the only one. Even while I was in Thessalonica, you helped out. And not only once, but twice. Not that I'm looking for handouts, but I do want you to experience the blessing that issues from generosity. And now I have it all, and I keep getting more. The gifts you sent with Epaphroditus were more than enough, like a sweet-smelling sacrifice roasting on the altar, filling the air with fragrance, pleasing God to no end. You can be sure that God will take care of everything you need. His generosity exceeding even yours in the glory that pours from Jesus. Our God and Father abounds in glory that, ju- that just pours out into eternity. Yes. I want to be encouraged at the difference that we're able to make. You, know, you hear Paul expressing his gratitude to the Philippians for, for their generosity. And I pray you hear from our partners their, their gratitude for your support. And you know, it encourages me that we can make a difference, that we as a church can help, that we can stand hand in hand with those who are doing the ministry. And whether, whether you give a little or a lot, we're all part of it. Every bit makes a difference. But I'm in reflecting about you know, what we do in missions. It's like every year we set out. We embark on a journey. We've been given our orders from Jesus. We've got projects and things that, that we have in our heart that we want to do in the nations. And we're excited. And we set out on this journey, on this mission. And every year, and for me... I've been doing this mission. I've been a part of this church for almost 30 years. I know, I don't look that old. But, you know, it's been great to be a part of it. But how do we keep going in this? How do we keep the passion and the fire? We've got to, you know, in a few weeks we're going to be presenting more projects. Of the, you know, the mission isn't complete. We get to the end of the year, we want to celebrate. But, but how do we sustain ourselves in this mission? What, what keeps us going? And I thought about people being sent on mission, and Jesus, he sent his disciples on mission. There's a few stories, and I want to touch on those. The first one is in Matthew 10, in verse 5 to 8. It says this, Then these twelve Jesus sent out with the following instructions. Do not go among the Gentiles or enter into the town of the Samaritans. Go rather to the lost sheep of Israel. As you go, proclaim this message. The kingdom of heaven has come near. Heal the sick. Raise the dead, cleanse those who have leprosy, drive out demons. Freely you have received, freely give. Freely you've received, freely give. That was how he sent out the disciples. Freely you've received. You've received from me. I've blessed you. But you are blessed to be a blessing. Freely you've received, freely give. We are part of a church that freely gives, that gives and sows generously, excessively, And we make a difference across the nations. We give so that others can have life. We've received Jesus and we've received his justice. I think our theme this year has been bring justice and bring Jesus. We've received justice. He's cared for us. He's lifted us up. And he's given us himself. He's given us salvation. 
And we've given justice and Jesus to others. We've given homes to widows in Burundi. We've given water to villages in Cambodia, protection and rescue for children trafficked in Nepal, food for the hungry in Liberia, hope for the prisoner in the Congo, and the gospel to the unreached in Indonesia, in Cambodia, in Brazil, in the Middle East. We've received, we've given, we've supported our persecuted brothers and sisters in Central Asia, in Iraq, in Afghanistan. Freely we've received, freely give. So let's be encouraged by what we've done. I pray you're stirred and, and see the impact that we can have through our giving, through, through what we've done. And Jesus has sent us out with those instructions, freely you've received and freely give. And I was, I was again, pondering this and I, I was thinking, okay, what happened when they returned? What happened when they came back? Now in that story in, in Matthew you, you don't hear of what happens when they come back, but there's another time where Jesus sends out 72 disciples. He gives them similar instructions to go out to, to preach the coming of the kingdom, and then they return in Luke chapter 10. And this is, it's interesting. It says this, The 72 returned with joy and said, Lord, even the demons submit to us in your name. He replied, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions and to overcome the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. However, do not rejoice that, your, that spirits submit to you, but rejoice that your names are written in heaven. It's an interesting story and, and in our context today, and I'm kind of like, how do we navigate this tension? But here come the disciples. They are so excited. Jesus, could you believe it? The, the, the demons were cast out in your name. They obeyed us. They can't believe it. And, and Jesus, in a sense, he kind of poo-poos their party. They're excited. Their fires are lit. And Jesus kind of throws water and said, Good, but let your rejoicing be in the fact that your names are written in the book of heaven. Yeah. You know, I think Jesus had this understanding See, the disciples, they were just starting out, but he knew what was ahead of them, what they would face in their future. And if their joy, if their rejoicing, if all it was about was the results that they saw, that wouldn't sustain them because they would face persecution unlike any other, even to death. And if all our focus is on the results, Jesus is kind of like, you need to focus on what won't change. Every trial, every circumstance, every opposition that they were going to face, Jesus knew about it, and he wanted them to stand on the foundation that would not change. You see, if all I focus in on is what I do, I'm going to be up and down like a yo-yo because sometimes I won't have the ability to give. The finances are tight. I'm, I don't know if I can do this. Sometimes I won't see the same results. I feel like, God, I've given so much. I'm not seeing the results that I want to see. Sometimes I won't feel like it. God, I've got other things to do. Sometimes I get distracted with life. It's like, how can I keep doing this if I'm distracted? If all my focus is on the results or if how I feel, God, great things happen. But our focus and our joy and our celebration needs to stand on solid ground. That is what will sustain us to do missions year after year after year after year. 
And Jesus is like Jesus isn't not into celebration. In Luke 15, he talks about all of heaven rejoices at one soul that comes to comes to faith. We need to celebrate, we need to have joy, but we need to understand that it's not just about the results, it's about Jesus. And I love we were singing that song before about about I speak Jesus over the nations. It's about him, it's about the fact that he saved me. And we can get the the card before the horse, as it were. We want to just do great things for Jesus without allowing Jesus be our motivation to do great things. He saved me, so I want to serve him. And I love how Jesus puts this. Like the disciples were so excited. And Jesus, he, he says this, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. I've given you authority to trample on snakes and scorpions, to overcome all the power of the enemy. Nothing will harm you. Jesus is like, of course the disciples obeyed you because that's what I gave you authority to do. And we, like, there's this tension because I don't want to not celebrate what we've done, but it's like, of course you planted churches around the world because I blessed you to be a blessing. Of course you helped the sick because I've given you the ability to help others. That's just what we do. And yes, I'm blown away at the miracle of what we do as a church. But at the same time, it's like, of course, God has blessed us to be a blessing. Of course, we do amazing things because that's just who we are as a church. We are a church that is, has freely received, so we freely give. Justice and Jesus. We've received his salvation, his grace, his mercy, his love overflowing. So we freely give that to others. And we've received justice. I think about the justice I've received from Jesus. See, there's the justice I should have received because of my sin. I was dead in sin. I deserved punishment. And I had no way of saving myself. And yet Jesus didn't give me the justice that I think I deserve. He gave me freedom. He gave me salvation. And I had no hope of repaying him. And we've given that same justice to others. There's those who, yes, we've given them Jesus. We've, we've helped them find hope. But also there's those who can't access clean water and they have no way of helping themselves. They have no way of repaying us. And yet we've given them justice. A widow we've given a home to. I've received justice. I've received Jesus. Freely I've received. Freely give. You know, it takes maturity and faith to, to not just live for results, not just chase outcomes, but to trust in Jesus, to let him be your foundation, to let him be your sustaining grace. He is our motivation. His salvation, he's set us free. Freely we've received, freely give. Now, I want to return to that scripture in Philippians 4. Where Paul, he, he's thanking the Philippians for their gift. And he says this, Not that I seek the gift, but I seek the fruit that abounds to your account. Indeed, I have all and abound. I am full, having received from Epaphroditus the things sent from you, a sweet-smelling smelling aroma, an acceptable sacrifice, well-pleasing to God. And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Jesus. All our need. Yes, I believe that's material, that, that God blesses us 
so that we would be a blessing. But the, my greatest need is salvation. My greatest need is Jesus. And I pray that today your need for Jesus would be fulfilled, that you would know him, the depth that it is to know him, and that would be the foundation that you stand on. God, we want to see the world change, but you are the reason we do it. You've saved me. Freely I have received, and I want to freely give. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you. Lord, for the generous gift of salvation. Lord, that you've given us life overflowing. And not to hold it for ourselves, but Lord, that we might be a blessing to others. I thank you for what we've done. But Lord, I look forward in faith to what we're going to do. And not just this next year, but in the years to come. Because Jesus, you are our foundation. You are our strength. You are our life. And everything flows from you. This is what we do. You've saved us. And we want to help save others. We love you, Jesus, and we glorify you. In your name, amen.